This has got to be the worst podcast I've ever heard. But you have heard of it. Welcome in to the ultimate swashbuckling group of thieves and scallywags. Today we are talking about the ride at Disney World, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, and the three movies based off them. For today, we will be joined by a friend of the show, Jack. Hey guys. No, no, no. We named the monkey Jack too. He has a lot to say about the plot of these movies, so we'll get to hear that. You filthy bilge rats. <laughs> Before we get into the plundering and singing sea shanties, we need to get into the news. But always remember, you best start believing in podcasts. You're in one. Back Davis, to work. that was your best one yet by <clears throat> far. 10 <clears throat> out of 10. Get some water. Rest <sighs> up. Okay, I'm, go- I'm done for the day. Grab an apple. Oh, good Lord, Davis. Don't don't be doing apple. that. Apple. Oh, good heavens. How's my, how's my, how's my Hector? Um, how's my Barbosa? Well... Is it better than my McConaughey? Yeah, yes, not better than Apple. not better than your Tom Cruise, but it's it's decent enough. All right, so as Davis mentioned, you have heard my Doctor Doofenshmirtz. I, I think I have. I unfortunately. find that very hard to believe. <laughs> exactly as I said, I think I have. Uh, Jack, thank you again for joining us. Uh, I think the last time you were here, we did Indiana Jones. That's mm. correct. So another big action movie we were, uh, trilogy plus one. Sort keeping of keeping up with the Joneses, as it were. Indeed, mm. indeed, we were. But Super Bowl reference. Yes, that, that, I, wait, actually. Yeah, there was the commercial. Oh, I, I missed with the half the Super Bowl, actually. What were you so. doing? You know, I, I had plans. Just watching and, and, and at World's End. Actually, no, I watched that at 4 a.m. this morning. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Never say he's not committed. That's exactly right. Thank you, Jack. Um, so, anyway, as we said, we're going to start off with a lot of news, and it's a packed uh, week of just trailers and other things. Let's get right into it. First of all, Lightyear had its second trailer. Boo. Uh, oh, Who what? Cares? You're not Don't a care. fan? Really? Don't care. Man, I was actually kind of excited for this one, to be honest. I'm kind of looking forward to it. And there was also uh, hints of Zerg showing up. I'm looking forward to it myself. And I'm hoping Zerg at least says curse you, Buzz Lightyear, at least one time. But other than that, I mean, I think it looks good. I think, like, visually it looks really good. I'm kind of confused about how it's a movie that they base the toy off a real person, but this is clearly, like... Mm, they based... I think they just... It's just a movie in the No, universe. like, but they said they said that... They said that it's going to be about the man that the toy is based oh, on. Oh, whatever. Which implies... Really, this care. is the movie that Andy watched that made him want to get the toy. Boss Lightyear! Um, no, that's that was the Doing commercial. Infinity and now, and now the movie looks better than Andy did in weird 98 CG. So. That's true. The, the, yeah, the Toy Story CG looks a bit all, rough all around his the friends are All his friends that come to the birthday party are just Andy in different skins. Really? Yeah, they're just mm-hmm. wearing different clothes. They're wearing his face like that's that's, yeah. that, that that's, un, that's unfortunate. Um... Additionally, we've got the Jurassic World Dominion trailer. This is the third Jurassic Don't World care. movie. I still haven't seen the second one. However, it looked really stunning. A lot of great cinematography. Also, a John Hammond monologue in the movie. That's pretty great. And the original three, Ellie Sattler, Jeff Goldman's character, Ian Malcolm, and Sam Neill's yeah, character yeah, yeah. of Alan Grant all return. And apparently, they are the main characters. So I'm going to see it for that. I hope he does the laugh. You're, you're, you're playing into Hollywood Yes, I am, now. Davis. But, Jeff, but look, man, Jeff Goldblum's a hot commodity, and i got to see him in whatever <laughs> no, he's not. He's he does everything. And Jeff Goldblum's ah. great. Whatever. Man, I'm excited for it. And I, didn't even like, I haven't even seen the second one yet. I just saw some parts of it and said, that's stupid. Turn your mic down a little bit, Alex. I don't want you to blow out the listeners' ears. Okay, you know what, Davis? You're kind of loud, too, but you know it is what it is, I guess. Whatever. Um, but We're leaving that in. Okay, fine. I guess we are. Um, but yeah, we've got that. And then also Sonic the Hedgehog 2 released another teaser trailer with Idris Elba again as Knuckles. Honestly, it looks kind of good. The first one was supposed to be I'm good. I'm very surprised I by... I really enjoyed the first one. There you go. I have not seen it, but I'm very surprised by how it actually... Looks so much better than that first awful trailer. And I also had this question below, hoping we can Sonic uh, the Halo TV series, if you know what I mean, as in just force them to change a number of things. 
Oh, okay, I get you. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. So there's no no Chevy Tahoe in the background anymore. Was there? Yes. No, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Don't question it, it's there. Okay, all right, I guess I'm not questioning that. But yeah, this movie honestly looks pretty good. I still need to see the first one, but you know. I'm and Adam Sandler called up Jim Carrey after he got out of the movie to congratulate him on the performance. Really? Like, stepping out of the theater, wow. called him up. Adam Sandler gets an almost nominated for an Oscar one time, and he's like, all right, this is, I've got to, I've got to, you know, use this. That, that, that does, I don't know if, I feel like Jim Carrey should call Adam Sandler about good things and not the other way around, but maybe, maybe. We're probably friends. Just I to, have just, to stop Christmas from coming. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Um, yeah. I got impressions too, Alex. You I thought you I, were safe. I know, I know, Jack. I know. I'm, I'm terrified. And he remembers the quotes. <laughs> Evidently, he does. That's true. Davis, Davis. Actually, that that makes it better because hearing Davis uh, do an impression, and then get the entire line wrong. Is if always it gets very across, the, if it gets across the thought, that's all that matters. I guess so. I, guess I take so. creative liberties. Additionally, another trailer. There was a trailer for Stephen King's Firestarter, starring Zac Efron. Honestly, it looks really good. And Ryan Kier Armstrong was the main character of Charlie, who is. The quote-unquote first superhero, that's the line in the movie. I think it's a remake because there was Firestarter in 1984. So, I mean, I like Stephen King movies, at least the modern ones. The old ones kind of sucked. But, like, modern? They seem to be pretty good, so I'm looking forward to that one as well. And then the Oscar nominations were released this week. Any surprises, guys, of the uh, nominees? Mm, not really. Who do you think is going to win Best Picture early Early pick, Davis? Uh, I haven't even seen half of them. Ah, that's unfortunate. We, we may be doing another Oscars episode down we're, the line. We're mulling it over. Well, it's a we'll lot of movies to we'll pay for. We'll see what happens. We know last year was so much fun. Plus, I mean, it introduced us to a movie like The Father, which is, you know, mm. something else. Or Sound uh, of Metal. Yes, that too. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, in the grand scheme, I kind of forget forget about that one because The Father was just that good. But Sound of Metal I is... I don't. I rewatched the, the scene where it plays green and turns off the hearing aids all the time. That's a good, oh my gosh, mm. such a good movie, such a good movie. Gone. And speaking of more trailers, I'm getting a little exhausted here. We're going to get through it. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness got another trailer. In it, Strange is hinting at that he did something that caused all of this chaos, and we also get a sneak peek of what appears to be the Illuminati. The Illuminati, for those who don't know, is essentially a secret society that works behind the scenes, kind of like the Court of Owls is a, is a DC version of it, I guess. I don't know. But it's mostly run by and actual a, And there was Ultron bots. They were Ultron bots. Who are controlled by, it seems to be, Superior Iron Man. Is that the it, same as Hydra? What do you mean? No. No, Hydra is... Basically just the Nazis. Because Illuminati is run, is run by like actual superheroes like Black Panther and Doctor Strange and Reed Richards have been on one version of it. I don't know much about it, to be honest. Professor X seems to be on this True. version. True. There, there is a man in a wheelchair. He's bald. Well, not in a wheelchair. You don't, man, see, wheel, you okay, don't see the wheelchair. Sorry, I assumed... Um, so the man see a bald who's bald, guy with... and we hear his voice, and it's very clearly Patrick Stewart. They did that on purpose. But if it's not, somebody said, and I concur with this statement. This is a spoiler for spoiler alert for Wandavision. If this is another Ralph Boner situation, I was thinking about that. But I'm they're in a different universe, upset. and a guy that looked clearly like Superior True. Iron Man. True, but also, but also, but also, Marvel doesn't care. I think they do for this one. Mm. They wouldn't have teased it. This, this, they there, would. They also wouldn't have hired Evan Peters to be Quicksilver. I think, not I think they Quicksilver. learned their lesson from that because everybody hated it. Is it there was like a Michigan and a Huron Iron Man too for the other Great Lakes. What's the rub there? That's funny. This guy. This is a funny guy over he's here. He's just Judge better Jack. than Iron they're, Man. They're, they're, is that the? Well, it's like it's Iron Man, but he like it's his full potential because he like has no empathy and he just comes like an. Oh. Jerk. Yeah, well, well, it's like what, when, when what, Timmy Turner got his emotions stolen. Yes. 
One of the one of the scenes people there are Great Lake superhero though superheroes though one of the scenes people references the fact that Iron Man has those lasers that he used that just can cut through anything but he doesn't use them often because mm-hmm. he theoretically could mm-hmm. just you know lay waste to everybody. It's the same thing with like, like Superman when, uh, or Spider Man. The comics the of the heroes Godzilla and King Kong. In the comics appear Iron Man moves to San Francisco and he like he develops this thing that can cure anything and he puts it in the water. So everybody gets cured of all their ailments, but then he's like, I'm going to charge $100 a day for it, mm. or like way more. That and sounds and right. And he cures Mac Murdoch's blindness one time to prove that he can, and he takes it back. Okay, that, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. But yeah, that also, I think, comes into the fact that Iron Man's name in the comics is the Invincible Iron Man, so it was supposed to be like a differentiator yeah. as well, because... Oh, okay. There's also just, a superior Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah exactly. So he's that's, taken over by Dr. Octopus. That's kind of one of the body. ways they made a lot of characters different from yeah. each other, was just it's a whole slap thing. on an adjective, and that's thing. what... That was kind of Marvel's yeah. whole plan. Also... Is there, a, is there, like, a normal Hulk, or is he always incredible? I think he's usually pretty incredible. Uh, he's solidly incredible. Okay. Yeah, I'd say he's pretty say incredible. So. Enough, he can leap so. tall buildings in a single bound. Fair enough. I think that... Yeah, that's a good point. Better than Superman. Um, maybe, is. maybe. And speaking of another trailer... Goodness, we got three more to go. Jordan Peele's film looked good. Which what was it called again? Nope. Nope. Yeah, it's just called Nope. Uh, released during the Super Bowl. It looks amazing and just as creepy as all the others. I'm gonna watch it. I I liked Get Out. I didn't really like Us I as much seen us. because it was kind of too confusing and convoluted. You know what I mean? Like there's like a line where it's like it goes from you know interesting plot that I need to watch a second time to figure out to the plot doesn't make any sense. That one personally to me didn't make a lot of sense, but I mean. It was still a really good movie with a really great cast, so I'm looking forward to this one. Jack, what about you? Did you see the trailer last night? For Nope. It was when yes. there was the horses. And there was it the, was uh, the, the wacky wave of yeah, inflatable arm men. Yes, yeah. I did see that. I've never, I haven't really seen any of the, the, the Jordan Peele movies. Really? But Get Out's really good. They're excellent. Get Out I've is seen, awesome. Uh, Social seen commentary. Brad, more, he, Bradley Whitford <laughs> cosplays as Joe Madden, and he gets true. killed by a deer, I think. That's true. That's and about Get all, Out. That's about the extent Bradley of Whitford does look that is, that is, insanely like Joe Madden. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's about the intersection of my knowledge on the situation there. there but uh, it looked interesting. Uh, I like horror movies where it's like daytime, if that makes sense. Like like the reason Midsommar gets to you because it's like it's not like scary nighttime. It's like you know we're out in the open. It, this is just weird stuff happening, and it looks okay. like it looks like the same thing's going to be happening in this movie where it's like the 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 horror's not hiding. It's out. It's it's coming to get you. It's or yeah, you know like Tremors. Oh, that's a, that's a good... Uh, Tremors is... Oh, my gosh. I love Tremors. Oh, my gosh. He does. Whoa. An unreal. And the and the funniest line in that movie is Bradley Whitford saying, you know, I would have uh, voted for Obama for a third term if I could have. That's like yeah. the one thing that Allison Williams says his da- her dad will say. I wonder I how like, many burps he slipped into that line. <clears throat> um, a, a couple. Anyway, on to the last two trailers of the day. The Adam Project, a film starring Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo, and Zoe Zaldana who's in one of these pirate movies, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> debuted. And it is essentially Zathura 2.0 for That's those who get that reference. Uh, Ryan Reynolds travels back in time to meet I his view. younger self to, like, I don't really know what exactly they're fighting in this, in this, in this uh, movie, yeah. but it looks good. I, I kind of, you know, I like Ryan Reynolds. I think most of the movies are pretty fun. Good popcorn movies. Not going to win anything, but, you know, enjoyable movie. Which Might is, win the hearts and minds. He has that movie where he's stuck in a box underground. I'm, I, don't know I haven't seen that. it. I haven't seen that one either. Um, yeah. And lastly, the Lord of the Rings, uh, <clears throat> the Lord of the Rings and Amazon series trailer was released. And for the largest budget, largest budgeted TV series of all time, I'm gonna be honest, it does not look very good to me. It looked kind of low budget, it's like a CW show. Like well, there was one scene where the person was climbing a mountain. And it looked like completely CG. And Sutton said it th- he thought it was a video game trailer. And I was well, like, no, this is Lord of the Rings. I, I will 
if it is a tray where a lot of times the CG isn't done yet, right? Like, True, but there it, was that incident with the Avengers where stuff was just blowing up with no nothing shooting it. That's they, true. They hadn't added the Avengers yet into the trailer. That's fair. However, this when series, the lizard got hit in the this head. series is also coming out in September, so it seems bold. I mean, again, if you're this is a ten episode TV series, why are you gonna? It's, mm. It was a two second shot. You're telling me you can't put something else there that's finished? That's Shooter's what's gonna shoot. confusing. I guess I'm kind of concerned we'll about it because you know Alex Lord, is of a big Rings, Lord of the Rings. Fan. Lord of the Rings lore is a bit of a mixed bag because you got the movies, the, the original three, which are amazing. Each the games. One of them. And that you got the Most games. Most of the games are pretty good. Which are I'd great, say. I would say as well. Shout and then Mortal. you got The Hobbit, which is meh. I, it's only the only movie I've left the theater for. The Hobbit was so over CG'd. And to be quite honest, we're going to talk about a movie a bit later. It looked worse than a movie that came out in 2006. Mm, which is, were scary. That's true. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. It's like Skyrim. Um, it's about the only impact. I'll give it that. Now, anything else about the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power trailer? Savvy. Before we move on to the Pirates of the Caribbean series. I'm so excited about this. Our 41st episode here at Through Lens, and we finally get to talk about my favorite movies That's got to be the ever. best trilogy I've ever seen. It very well might be, partially cons- compared to the horrible ones that follow it. Really so boosted it up a would bit. I know there's a mermaid seem. in the next one. Yeah, it's, it's a bit tough. So we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I've got them listed by numbers, but they technically never gave numbers. It was just Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Mm-hmm. Even though it's pronounced Caribbean, they call they it's Caribbean. They called the it Caribbean in the movies. For I don't know movies. what what the gimmick was there. I think it's there. different if, whether or not it's a noun or an adjective. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Pirates Interesting. of the Caribbean, but it's the Carib the or Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean Sea, perhaps. Maybe it's backwards. I don't, I don't know. know we'll, man. we'll find out eventually. We'll, we'll we'll find out at some point. But Pirates of the Caribbean. The oh, he's Curse wearing the a shirt. Alex, I am the wearing the shirt. shirt. I got this from my grandma. Heck uh, yeah. This is for, this is from the ride at Disney World. I should. I wish I had my hat. I would have worn it. Oh, you should have brought. You should have brought. Love that ride too. By the way, it's a great ride. It's, it's my favorite ride at Disney. It really is amazing. Yeah. They updated it very much recently, and it's like it's spectacular. In the in World's End, I didn't realize that it played yep. audio from it yep. until we watched it the, again. One of my favorite parts of the that ride movie. in Disneyland has real skeletons. Mm. Ooh, and because occasionally. In the sixties, fake skeletons looked really bad, so they just asked UCLA, the cadaver lab, if they could borrow some. That's respectable. Did they ever give them back? Hey, go ride the ride. I, I, I'll, I, I'll let you be the. I was about to say, judge. just you know, give it a, give it a sniff and figure out if it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, you get started with the first one. Yeah, of course we we can. So the first one is a totally A list cast with Johnny Depp as the. Not main character, but side character of Jack Sparrow. And this role was actually originally written for Hugh Jackman, which is why he has the name Jack Sparrow. Interesting. However, they did not believe that Jackman was known well enough outside of Australia, so Disney cast the more famous Depp as Jack. And then I want Depp- to go to the alternate universe where Hugh Jackman's Absolutely. Jack which like It's interesting that. that he wasn't that famous because he just did X-Men. And I mean, X-Men was a pretty big movie at the time. I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. Maybe it was this was really early in production. I think it worked out well. Depp. I, I agree completely because I I feel like savvy. So people who have seen Hook, like yeah. the the new the newer one. Now, no, it was called Pan, where Hugh Jackman plays Captain Hook. I feel like it would have been in sort of that vein of where he's just a pirate rather than Jack Sparrow, who is uniquely himself. So when and Disney cast him, and Depp found the script quirky rather than trying to find the treasure. The crew of the Black Pearl were trying to return it in order to lift their curse. And as he also said, the traditional mutiny had already taken place. So Sparrow was, according to, uh. Jeremy Bruckheimer, the producer, was a young Burt Lancaster, just the cocky pirate. At the first read-through, though, Depp surprised the rest of the cast by portraying the character in an off-kilter manner. 
Because after researching 18th century pirates, Depp compared them to modern rock stars, and that's why he decided to base his performance off Rolling Stones member Keith Richards. Mm. Rolling Stones member Keith Richards, also the man who my teacher once claimed should be dead by now, but is not. Hey, that's how it goes. Shout out my soundtracks teacher, giving me a lot of uh, good notes for uh, some of these episodes. Speaking and of yeah, soundtracks. So, soundtracks, yes. I'm, I'm getting there as well, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you handle your You know, your, I can talk about all this, all this nonsense. We got Jeffrey Rush as Captain Barboso, Orlando Bloody. Bloom as Will Turner. He beat out Toby Maguire, Jude Law, Ewan McGregor, Ben Payton, Christian Bale, and Heath Ledger. Tom oh Hiddleston goodness. actually auditioned for the role, but Bloom read the script after Jeffrey Rush, and Rush and him were working on the film Ned Kelly, so Rush suggested that Bloom audition. Of course, Bloom got the part, and the rest is history. Bloom, one of the most, I mean, talk about going on an incredible run at the time. Right after Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings and this. I mean, the amount of money that dude brought in in a short time is unreal, truly. And you've got Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan, and Knightley was not expected by Gore Verbinski because he had not seen a performance in Bennett Light Beckham and was impressed by her audition. She was apparently and, 18 when this came out. Yes, she was, actually. And uh, Jack Davenport as James Norrington, Jonathan Price as Governor Weatherby Swan, Kevin R. McNeely as Joshimi Gibbs, and then so on and so forth. Zoe Zeldana as Anna Marie, and the rest, some background characters, directed by Gore Verbinski and written by Terry Rosio and Ted Elliott. The film was composed by Klaus Badelt, and Hans Zimmer was music producer. Zimmer would take over in the second film. Sorry, that's all the cast. I know that was a lot of information. I just want to you know, make sure we, we, got, we got all we need to talk about for these movies, but that is really a pretty stacked cast for a movie that was not set to succeed. Pirate movies at this time were Bad. poison, yes. essentially. I mean, one of our favorite movies, Treasure Planet, was considered a pirate movie and also failed at the box office, proving the theory. It's a fun movie. It, I love that movie. We both do. Um, but this is just really completely defied the odds and reset the genre. It was released on July 9th, 2003. It was the first film released under Disney as PG-13. Mm. Ooh, very, 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 uh, very important there. And it made $654 million at the box office on a $140 million budget, the fourth highest grossing film of the year behind The Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, Finding Nemo, and The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. I don't know about that one. And then Johnny Depp, of course, won a Screen Actors Guild Award for the outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, and he was nominated for an Oscar, BAFTA, and Golden Globe. That was a lot, I realize. Maybe that was too much. I don't know. Davis, you were looking a little tired. I'm just, I was just waiting for you to do your thing. I mean, you go ahead, Davis. You, why don't you do your I thing? Just wanna, I could talk about the movie for hours. So. I know you. I probably could, too. But funnily enough, this is probably the one I've seen second most somehow. Really? I used to watch Dead Man's Chest a lot as a kid. I would say so as well because, one, this came out when I was three, so I don't remember when I started watching, but I didn't go to the theaters to see it because my first movie in theaters was actually Finding Nemo. Mm. I was very scared by Bruce, not going to lie. Um, but I think that was yeah. mine also. Really? Maybe yeah. we went to the same wow. theater. No, I, I don't know about that one. We went to the same theater. Dan Favonmeyer saw so Star true. Wars in 1977. Whoa. He was the That's first cool. in line in Mobile. Really? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, when Bruce snapped at the camera, I started to cry. I was, I was, I was having, I was having <laughs> yeah. a tough time. You wouldn't man. want one of those balloons to pop. No, you would not. Um... I was going to say that Pirates 1, Curse of the Black Pearl, is the definitive pirate movie, though. Absolutely. It it's is standalone. It works good just by itself. I think it's pretty rock solid plot-wise. You could probably poke holes in if you really wanted to. I, I, there's one major issue, which we can talk about that a bit later, but I completely agree. I think it's the quintessential adventure film. I also have one issue with the plot. Ah, okay, we'll, we'll get to we'll that, that when we have to talk about our positives. Maybe. We'll see, won't we? Uh, we'll see. But yeah, this movie, I mean, it's just... It really is just... I think... Part of it is also the fact that every character is cast perfectly. I mean, you ra- you rarely get that with 
you know, you're going to have one guy's like, okay, he's average or whatever, but Kieran Knightley is not. Orlando Bloom is not. Jeffrey Rush was cast perfectly, and he even said himself when working on the movie that he wanted, he didn't want to play a complex villain. He wanted to play this a cartoon villain, and that's exactly what Gore Verbinski, the director, was looking for, and it fits perfectly. But there is actually some depth to him, which is the best thing about it, is that they went in not intending for that, and it still exists. I think that's the best part is that it's that mix and so on. But yeah, I think it just really is just a perfect cast, top to bottom, and I really do like it from the open. I think it does exposition about as well as any movie does with the dream sequence with Elizabeth and Will, and also the fact that revisionist history has made Jack Sparrow the main character of these movies. He was not for the first three. He kind of retroactively got into it in the second one. We'll talk about that when we get to that movie, but he's not the main character. We don't know his name until 30 minutes into the movie. He's just a guy. He's Mr. Smith for the first 15. I'm not a big fan that you see Norrington in the dream sequence. Why is that? Because I I know it's just a weird age gap. I don't feel like he needed to be there. Gibbs well, either. Did Gibbs yeah, really need I to find, be there either? I find that everyone, I find that Gibbs was part of the dream too. I was like, how did, how did all these these wacky characters yeah. coalesce well, again? I think that that's a good that's a good point. I'll say one thing. I think the Norrington thing was to establish that age difference yeah. because one that is that is a thing of the time for one that that like. We can say how I can live with Norrington, because I don't weird. think Gibbs needs to be there at all. I mean, Gibbs, it shows that Gibbs used to not be a pirate, but maybe. at the same True. time, you could accomplish that somewhere somewhere else. True. Yeah. However, I I think it was also you because go back in my Navy days. It was it was to try and give Elizabeth some familiarity so she doesn't totally freak out when she because that's that's what she she walks up. She's, yeah, she goes, Gibbs. oh no, more pirates! But then she sees him, and it kind of brings everything down. Okay, I think that was part of it. Again, because it wasn't like he was essential there. You know he was like he didn't need to be there, but I think including him adds that to that. Also, I think it adds some characterization with him being superstitious because yeah. he he walks away and says bad luck to have a woman on board, and then he says also bad luck to have someone that young on board. Which the superstitious thing is always I think very funny about all the ridiculous myths and stuff that these people believed. Um, I think I think it sets that up because again, I mean without him, these are just bad people at Tortuga that she does not know. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it that. Personally. All right, I can live with it. I like his little physical comedy where he pretends he's been hanged when Norrington. Yeah. Oh my him. gosh. Yeah. That was that was that was good too. I, I like that as well. But yeah, I, th- I think it's about that because again, then she sort of takes on that quote unquote leadership role when they're trying to escape later on in the film. And if he's not there, why the heck would the quote unquote first mate listen to her if they don't know each other? I think that at, it just that amount of familiarity is ne- necessary okay. for okay. her to take that role believable. All right, we got it. Okay, we're good. Too much. Maybe I don't Maybe know. Well, I don't well, know. It, it, it was it was something that I hadn't thought about. So that was an interesting question. So I was talking justified. out loud. Right, there we go. There uh, we go. Gibbs apologist over here. But yeah, no, 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 Team no. Gibbs. No. And the movie overall received four total Academy Awards, and it actually was never going to have the skeleton curse until Jerry Bruckheimer took over and decided that he wanted to make it more like the, the uh, rides. So that's why he included the skeleton curse as part of it. But overall, like, what are your biggest takeaways from this movie, guys? Because there's so many things about it from the fact that I think it really is pretty much the perfect adventure movie from everything that it does. I from think the setup of the characters to the fact that every climactic fight scene to the back and forth that it goes. What about you, Dan? I think it's one of the most fun movies ever made. Like, it's it's fun throughout. There's not a dull moment. I would absolutely everything agree Everything works as well. into it. The, the plot works well. Uh, uh, maybe you could make the cases a little too long. I'm never one to criticize long movies, personally, as long as it doesn't feel like there's a wasted moment. And this doesn't feel like it, personally. Everything feels necessary and needed. I just forgot how long it was. Yeah. It's, it is it is not as long as the second and third ones, but because that's 
a whole other thing, but it's still a pretty long movie. It clocks in at just over two hours and 23 minutes, which is not the standard. Mm-hmm. Most most studios prefer their movies to be under two hours to get maximum audience reception, but these movies mm-hmm. ignored that and took a risk considering, again, it was a dead genre. And by dead, I mean like completely every movie that had gone in this genre had failed over the last 10 years or so. I think that my biggest takeaway is the character of Jack Sparrow. I think the reason that he's been retroactively manufactured into the lead is because uh, what a unique uh, break into film this kind of character was because he's he's very likable, but he's not a great person. Like, it's not morally reprehensible anything that he does. He is a textbook pirate, but he does so in such a charming way that you're uh, – I guess you're rooting for him. But he's exactly. good deep down. Exactly, and I think that's that's what they really master is the fact that he, at his very mm-hmm. core, and there's a specific scene that was deleted in the third movie that explains this even further. We'll get to that there, of course. It's got uh, all the deleted down, scenes. Of, course, of course I do. Deep down, he clearly is a good character, and that is where, you know, it's yeah. not fully on display. It's something that you but, have yeah. to notice and look for. He does do a lot of, like, slimy stuff, though. And I yes, think it's oh, great. It's great that he's such a... He's also very weird which is hard to pull off like so like an quirky. unusual quirky character in an endearing way it, it's a difficult tightrope you have to walk um another the i really like how funny the movie is but not in not, i mean the, the the intentionally funny stuff is obviously funny like the pencil and rigetti bits and like they're obviously and the their their foils that are the the british guards those, those what are guys. their names alex you know? so their names hold up i've got it listed of murtaugh and mulroy that's exactly Man, how'd you beat me to it, Jack? I got stuff over here. That's fair. All right, all right. Um, Jack's prepared. Jack's prepared. Uh, so we got those guys. They're like intentionally funny. It's yeah. Like you, yeah. you like you like they shuffle onto stage and it's time to laugh while they change the set dressing in the background. <laughs> um, but I think just like the the dialogue back and forth that isn't even intentionally funny. It's just kind of witty stuff. Like when when Jack's in jail and the guy's telling the story about the Black Pearl and how there's no survivors. I mean, Jack just said, "Well, who tells the stories then?" Mm, like so true. It's just like it's it's throwaway dialogue that is memorable and that's like so key in a movie is if the the dialogue that you're not supposed to remember sticks with you then it's, it's a very well-written film absolutely i don't think yeah i think there's not a wasted line everything you know serves a purpose one way or the other there is one line that i don't like i'll, I'll say mean, right now uh the line where she says you like pain try wearing a corset and then hits her across the face i'm like all right he's told yeah he's told me about this before. i get it like I think Elizabeth's one of the best characters that there is, especially in terms of creating a strong female character in an action-adventure movie. This was sorely lacking in in the early 2000s, and it still is lacking today. I think she's great. But that line, I was like, bro, what in the world? Like, we, we get it. We, we know. It all makes sense. The fact she had that she, a one-liner. The fact that she's a one-liner here quote fighting up. the pirates and all that, it totally, we, we get how important that is. But, like, bro, that line, I, I could. Par parleli, parlelelu. Okay, now that, par, now that, par, that line par, is funny. Parsnip, parsley. Parley. Parsley. That's the one. Ah, that's the one. Parley. No, that's, uh, oh that my would, gosh. That would be the French. Which, which speaking of uh, Depp's portrayal and Jack Sparrow overall, Disney executives were actually confused when they first saw him perform it, and they weren't sure if the character was, quote, drunk or gay, and Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney at the time and known creator of Euro Disney, at one point proclaimed, he's ruining the film. Even Bruckheimer was slightly uncomfortable with Depp's decision to actually cap his teeth with gold, but Depp later recalled, I said, look, these are the choices I made. You know my works. So either trust me or give me the boot. Now that... Get a that, load of this that's, guy. That, that, that's, that's Call the me a liar right or, or up the bet. And I mean, I think it was, I mean, it's the difference in this movie. It's the difference between what I think is a good movie and a great memorable film is Jack Sparrow. 
Because the movie itself is so everybody, as a kid, that's who that's who I, when we were like playing Pirates. Oh, absolutely. I want to be Jack Sparrow when and I, he had the little sword. That sword hurt, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like the, little Jack, the little thin one. When I, when I had my Pirates hurt. of the Caribbean-themed birthday party in 2005, good times. I mean, sure, was it a Star Wars and Pirates of the my Caribbean-themed birthday, birthday party, party, but it was crazy. I mean, my fifth birthday party was at a water, like a water thing, like one of those water beds, and my uncle gave me... The Flying Dutchman, like Mega Blocks toy. The oh, that toy was so good. And it, like open the sides, yep. and yep. also had the also had the Dead Man's Chest where like the wheel would spin and they'd roll down. But I feel like that was real ones. But the only one I could ever find was the Mega Block one. Mm. Online. The Mega Blocks one is is, is a classic. I, I, we had the same ones, and my brother couldn't build the Flying Dutchman one, so he got really upset about it. It was very funny. I of course had the Black Pearl. I had two of them actually. What can I say? I also had the Black Pearl. Um, you know, it's it's good stuff. But yeah, I think that really. Did you know the ship was built in Bio Battery? Really. Oh yes, I did hear about near that. Near my actually. house. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's true. I saw that's it. true. David Davis is Davis is nearby. Um, yeah, I really think that's I think Jack is also perfect because he is the side character, so it's not his story. So he doesn't get too complicated and too complex, and he's also not overused. Because I think that's it, it's great that he's just like along for the ride. Exactly. Like, nobody really wants him around, but he keeps like having to make himself useful and like keep tacking himself onto the plot and get dragged around by everybody. Because the story's not really about him. So he's just He's he's a he's a struggling pirate. He's just making his way around. He's the catalyst. Absolutely, abs- That's that's he's like very the good. bard. Mm. Ooh, there you go. Who there tells you go. the stories? Mm. And I also think, for one, you know, there is a lot of that depth there that's kind of hidden. For one, one of the things that people really like about this character in the first film, and I I completely agree with it. He is the smartest guy in the room every single time he's he, on he knows, screen. He, he's a goofy pirate, but he, he's really experienced. He, he plays he plays like an idiot, but then he acts like a he, he and acts like a drunk. But then he really is one of like I think one of the scenes that sticks out is him trying to pick the lock, and the second Will shows up, he falls down, and acts like he's just waking up from a drunk stupor. When in reality, yeah, I think the he's whole not. the whole scene in the blacksmith shop's good when they talk about fighting, and he said absolutely. You, you wouldn't have taken me in a fair fight. And he said, well, there's not very much of an incentive for me to fight fairly. Is this Exactly. Is this? And he says, you cheated. And then he just says, pirate. Pirate. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, that, that that scene, in my opinion, is one of the best in terms of just characterizing I two love people. That scene. Because every, I mean, you, we talked about wasted moments. There is not one in that scene where every single moment is something about either Will or Jack, reflexive on either of them. The flat, the fact that Will is a man of honor, the fact that he also knows what he's doing, and it's the fact eunuch. that Jack, the fact eunuch, that Jack is not... The fact that Jack is not a cruel pirate like the ones that we know. And that's sort of where this movie toes the line is. You mentioned it, Jack. He's not exactly a totally redeemable man. How does the movie make a pirate a hero? And that's the line at the end of the movie where Governor Swan talks about, in some cases, if the right course requires piracy, is piracy itself not the right mm, course? Which ethics. I think is... I think is, is, the, is the bad actions of one, one bad action enough to condemn a man? Hmm. I say no. Well, apparently... Depends on the action, uh, though, appara- Apparently it was. At least, at least in that case, depends on the action. At least in that case, um, that's that's a good. Because a Jack Sparrow pirate versus a Blackbeard pirate. True, true. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. Actually, Black. I thought Blackbeard didn't actually kill people as much. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's actually the idea. Is like yeah. who's a, who who was a mean pirate? Um, Captain Morgan. No, I don't know. I don't actually know, Davis. Well, will you, you I, have to, I have to go through my pirates, Sid Meier's pirates knowledge. Bear, uh. Marquis Montalban. Oh my god. Ah, there you go. There you go. He's not real. That guy's not real. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I don't even know who He's that from is. From a video game. Of course he is. Sid Meier's Pirates. Of course he is. Um I will say, even with the incredible performance of Depp, I feel like it almost outshines the fact that Jeffrey Rush is in this movie and he's awesome. Like he really like there's the one of the best scenes is and this is actually consistent through both the movies, is the fact that they don't deliberately show you the villain. They like 
show him in the distance. Like when Elizabeth is taking on the Black Pearl, you see him in the distance, but he's like blurried. And then you see from behind him and you see his hat. And he eventually walks up and you see who he is. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's Jeffrey Rush playing Barbosa. And then it's like just. The monkey with Jack. Exactly, with the monkey. And even that scene when Elizabeth is eating and he looks really creepy at her. And you just realize it's not for anything else than the fact that he physically can't taste anything, which is awesome. I think this movie, it really lends to a rewatch. It really does. There's a lot more things you'll know specifically with Jack because I think there's a lot more going on behind his eyes than initially you'll see because he just seems like, again, the dumb, drunk idiot when in reality he plans everything out from the jump. And then with, with Barbosa as well and a lot of those great scenes. That's one thing that was interesting to me is I was finding a hard time trying to like analyze it, quote unquote, because I've seen this movie so many times. Like So much of it was like etched in my brain. I was like, oh, like, if I was watching for the first time, the reveal of them being skeletons would have been awesome. But, like, oh, I know they are. it's still awesome. It's still, it's, it's still, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about just the one when he sticks yeah, his hand to awesome. the cage. I, still I wrote is. a note about it. It still is, but, like, it's almost kind of numb because I'm like, okay, I know that they are. I, I could probably close my eyes and watch this movie. I've seen it so many times. I, 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 I also could just as well. Just imagine it. I really could. And, I think yeah, Jeffrey Rush is just great. And then that scene at the end when uh, the curse is finally lifted and he gets shot and he just says, I feel cold. That's just great I acting. I feel sad. Because the camera's on for him for 45 seconds. That's another thing the, the movie does is these pirates are bad pirates, but they're not – like Jeffrey Rush himself – or Barbosa, excuse me. I, I sometimes call the, the characters Actor. by their actors' names. Um, He is partly there just because he wants to be able to, you know, be a human being again. Of course, he's not a great guy. He mutinied against Jack, yada, yada, yada. But I think there's that. that's worth mentioning as well. But overall, just this movie. And again, you know, the soundtrack. I'm going to talk about it more in the second and third movies specifically. But it's great. It really is amazing. And I think Zimmer and Bedelt did an amazing job. They both worked together in a lot of movies, including Gladiator. Um, anything else about this movie, guys? I got a, I got a couple more notes, but I know I've been talking a long time. So I think I've, I've said my piece. One of 882. Ah, that was, a, that was a good reference. Well, somebody is actually calling. Should we answer it? No. Um, don't answer they're it. Not, they're not here to talk are about it. Are we going live right now, Alex? No, Davis, we are not going live. Keep this Keep this in, too. So, okay. so our, our, the, the light is blinking on the phone the light, right now. The light is absolutely What song blinking. is playing on the radio? It's also number three, which doesn't make any sense. What song is playing on the radio? They each have different uh, numbers. Nassau. Whoa. By who? Um, Peter Frampton. I don't I'm not sure. I don't, I, don't, I don't know yeah, either. I, yeah. Ancient history. I'm not they, they must be calling in to talk about how much they love the song. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. They 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 must they must be. Now the question is, what are y'all's favorite parts of this movie? Like one particular scene, what is it? Oh, I'd say the Jack skeleton fight for sure. I feel like just the whole climax at the end is excellent, awesome. But I do like the part where they steal the ship. I like that. And then that like they jump over. Yeah, that's probably I'd say that one. I love the part when they're in the when they use the boat and go into the I thought water. you could actually do that as a kid. And he said he said and Will said this is either madness or brilliant. And Jack said it's it's odd how often those two words coincide. Hmm. He Jack, said what wise. about you? Uh yeah. I I would say the the stealing the interceptor. It it's it it's telling of our motivations for both of course it's it's like the the unlikely pairing, it's the buddy cop, you know, uh Will and Jack working together. It's also the the Norrington moment. With the, where he gets away, he also so he's also really draws his line in the sand, being willing to sink his own ship rather than see it. I mean, it shows that he hates pirates so much, so mm-hmm. that when he ends up having to work with Jack, it makes it more impactful. Oh, that's that's a very that's a very good point. There you go, Jack. That's why we I, have Jack on. I of course have a couple, but I'll try I'll try and go keep ahead it and brief. Get, leave it to two. 
Leave it to two. All right, I'll say I'll say two. One is the shot when they walk. Uh, the crew takes a walk to capture the Dauntless, and they walk under the boat. So it's following them underwater. That scene is just so cool. The, the, the skeletons. Yes, the skeletons, and then you and you just see them turn into it, and then go back to it when they go under the shade of the boat. The sh- the film overall is very beautifully shot. There's a lot of very nice details and stuff. Like I do that. have an issue with oh. the skeleton thing. I do as well. Actually. Say your say your other scene. And then also when the interceptor and the black pearl are fighting, and the mast falls over, and Barbosa just walks through it. Like all the other crew jump away and he just like strolls up, trolling the entire crew of the interceptor because again, they can't die and he knows that. So he's like, I'm just I'm just gonna walk up and stroll. But I thought that scene was just hilarious. But yeah, overall, awesome. My most quoted moment is probably stop blowing holes in my ship. <laughs> my my favorite quote is me, I'm dishonest, and you can always trust a dishonest man to be dishonest. Honestly. It's the honest ones you've got to watch out for. So true. Yes, it is. So uh, true. Yeah, I guess it is. Um, Davis, anyway, your your question or... Throughout the movie, she- the skeletons that cannot feel and cannot die react in a painful manner to when they get stabbed and stuff. Including the bomber guy who literally, like, dies. Yes. Like, falls down. I... I- I don't have an explanation for it. Like, I'm sure they just did it for have like a reaction shot. But like the one that really stands out is when they're like in the climax and the guy gets stabbed and like shows a close up of his face. He goes like, ah! So like, yeah. My head cannon is that he knows he's been trapped. Mm. <laughs> my 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 head cannon is that it was like phantom pain. It's uh, like it's like it's then like they could still feel then th- mm. at that rate. I don't know. I think they just didn't think it through as it's much. It's like it's like um. It's like instinctual, like flinching. Mm. Like you expect to action I could, comes, I could you may react. That. I could accept that. So when I an think, action does yeah. come, you react a certain way. Like Barbosa is the dude, so he doesn't. But then again, we see later when he shoots uh, Pintel that he doesn't even react. So I don't – it's mm, – Was it's, that – Was that you, did you have the same issue? Yeah. The problem is it's how do you make stakes, right? Because how is the battle with, against the Interceptor even the least bit stakes? Because, I mean, because in reality – these guys could just get sliced and diced a million times, just walk right through you. We see if you get blown up. True. Done. Yes. That 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 we do see. But that was my issue as well. I don't really know what the explanation is. Um, that and I thought another scene that was just kind of reckless is after they cut off or they they get the blood from Elizabeth's hand and then she reveals that she's not a Turner. Barbosa just launches her, including her with the medallion, and he's like. Oh no, guys! The medallion is gone. Yeah, I wonder I what happened. That. that was kind of reckless. I understood why they had to do it. I just wish, I, I don't know what other way to do it to get us back to the interceptor. But I wish there was a less. That's just stupid because it it was. It was kind of a. He was it, he was mad. I don't that, I, that that's a pass. That. That's a pass. That's a pass as well. Also, just one last thing. <laughs> I really thought the line "commandeer," we're gonna commandeer that ship, and then Jack just says nautical term under his breath as if he's like schooling this guy. I thought that was just. Well, he's also proud of himself for knowing it. I that <laughs> exactly exactly that that goes back to as you said, Jack. Even like the stuff that is not supposed to be the biggest like bit because he says it under his breath, but it's still. I didn't really even funny. notice. Oh man, I, I I notice it every time, unfortunately. But that's every time I've seen this movie. he's cursed. He's cursed. Look, man, he's cursed with knowledge. Look, man, I've seen this movie. He's not dead, times, but Davis. he can't die. How about this? I, I won't apologize. We move on to the next movie. I, I've been, I've been, you just Davis. You can say I'm going too long without saying Let's, that like that. We have an hour to discuss two movies here. That's true. Man. Parlay. That's true. parlay. Okay, to the look, second man. Movie. You look, must man. by the pirate's code. You must bring us to the second movie discussing. Okay, guys. I'm sorry. Dead man's chest. All right. Stop apologizing. Let's get to it. You're all right. Okay. So it's on to dead man's chest. All of the same exact cast except Bill Nye as oh, Davy Jones, oh the my captain God. of the Flying Dutchman. Fingers. He's Bill and, Nye. And 
And then that also Tom Hollander, who we saw in About Time. Yes, that's what I was. I was like, that's the guy from. As Lord Cutler Beckett, the chairman of the East India Trading Company, still in Skarsgård as Bootstrap Bill Turner. Is that Hux? No. Oh, yeah. No. What? Hux from what? From Star Wars. No, that's Dom Hall Gleason. Oh, that's Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah, Dom Hall Gleason's um, in About Time. He is indeed. You also got Naomi Harris as Tiodama. And a certain character that will be returning later in the movie. Also, though, MIA is Zoe Calypso. Saldana. No, I already said to you, I already said to you, Dom. He's um, talking about Apple Boy. Yes, Apple. exactly. Thank you, Jack. Um, missing in action, though, was Zoe, Zoe Saldana. She talked with THR in 2014 and said that the time on set was very toxic, and that's why she didn't want to return. Mm. She said, quote, these weren't the right people for me. I'm not talking about the cast. The cast was great. I'm talking about the political stuff that went on behind closed doors. Interesting. It was a lot of above the line versus below the line, extras versus actors, producers versus PAs. It was very elitist. I almost quit the business. I was 23 year olds, and I was like, expletive this. I am never putting myself in this situation again. Cuss People disrespecting this. me because they look at my number on a call sheet, and they think I'm not important. Interesting. Which is unfortunate because... Of course, I'm not surprised about the cast because the cast does seem great, but that's that's unfortunate that that experience was not as great because I think she would have been great in the next movies as well. I think it would have been a nice uh, character to have, and just they got again, they kept Mr. Cotton. They and did his the man who has, has, has no lines somehow makes it in all three movies. I love that. I uh, somehow I had, I had a Mr. Cotton mega blocks. Now guy. that's good. He I mean he's an iconic character. He had a parrot too. He's an iconic character. Again, directed by Gore Verbinski, written by Ted Elliott and Terry Rosio, and score entirely from Hans Zimmer this time. And the soundtrack is considered more experimental, utilizing pipe organs, musical box, and electric beats. Oh my goodness! The, mu- the, the music, music is so good. It's awesome. And the soundtrack seems to also utilize electric guitars. And somebody asked Zimmer about this, and he says this, which is the most absurd thing. He says that actually it's not an electric guitar. You know what it is? It's the orchestra, and they just plugged it into a, a guitar amp and just piped it back into the room. That's cool. So they just created a, a guitar sound out of nothing, which of course is why it sounds so good. So yeah, this um, this movie is. Essentially the beginning of a three-movie arc that they do in two movies, isn't it? Because yeah, it, Pirates of the Caribbean and the Curse of the Black Pearl was not supposed to have a sequel. These two movies, Dead Man's Chest and No at World's End, also No Way Home. Oh, Lord. Uh, they feel so, like, they're so packed. They feel like, they. It's like it feels like four movies in a way. It, it's it really crazy is. to think that Up is Down, when they go to David Jones Locker, it's the same movie as the Calypso fight at the end. That's a very that's a very good point. It really is a lot because they they very much did they mm-hmm. they wanted to do a trilogy. Yeah, I and mean, it feels like the the scene with the the natives and the bone cage and yes. like that that whole set piece. I mean, that feels like definitive late pirates trilogy, but that's like first act of the yeah, second that movie. That is the first 45 minutes of the second movie. How did Pencil and Rigetti move the ship by the, them two? Well, they said the tide was coming in. Mm. I don't. I'm not. Plot look, armor. I, look the, the logistics of getting the boat up there anyway without it falling over is strange enough as it is. Whatever. I'll live. I, again, I, in in the in the world of and the octopus faced pirate. Yeah, we we love the dog with the great uh the great I, uh, I had a post credit scene which is hilarious. Um, there was a post credit scene. Yeah, there's a post credit scene where the uh, cannibals are worshiping the dog. I think I've seen that before. It's, it's, it's an iconic scene. So yeah, this film was released in 2006. As I said, I saw it six times in theaters. At one point, my parents were just asking their friends to take me because they were tired of taking me. I'm not kidding. It was a good time, though. And there, there's reason to it. We'll talk about that in a bit. And it runs for two hours and 30 minutes, only seven minutes longer than Curse of the Black Pearl, but it feels a lot longer because a lot more way takes more place. It also made just over a billion dollars on a budget of $225 million. Heck yeah. It was the... Lo- Biggest opening weekend in the U.S. with 136 million, the fastest film to ever gross 1 billion, 63 days, and the highest grossing film of 2006. 
and the highest gross film by Disney until Toy Story 3 passed it in 2010. And it was nominated for four Oscars yet again and won one for Best Visual Effects, which it, we could talk about that. Very, Do you want to talk about that right I now, I want to say Dana? something like, before fine. we get to the visual effects, right, who the visual effects are. Yes. Bill Nye as Davy Jones. Our man. As, I'd say one of the best villain reveals ever. When he's on the ship and, he, and his his foot hits into the water and the, do you fear death? This movie very much employs what I would say is kind so of the cool. kind of the Jaws technique of you're not going to see what we're talking about, but we're going to talk about it because Jaws does it a bit differently. But the idea is we hear about Davy Jones and the Kraken for maybe an hour and twenty minutes until we actually it's more an hour exactly, and then. They, he finally shows up. We don't even see the Kraken until much later. And he lives up to every bit of it. Exactly. And more. I think exactly. he's cooler than they made him out to be. There, there yeah, were, I mean, the, Fish Man isn't on the table. I, yeah, you don't expect the Octopus Man with the crab the, hand. The claw swinging in front of the screen before you see his face is what gets me. Well, what gets me really is the fact that this is 2006. It's, you know, the time of some horrible CGI from a lot of bad movies. And... They don't hide him in the darkness. They put him up and give him half the screen and light him up with a pipe to make sure you can see it. To make sure you can see each of the individual tentacles moving. And like they like there's a whole story I read about how they had to individually move each one at every given moment and how they had to design a whole program to do that, which is so cool beyond even comprehension. But that's my favorite thing about it, is the fact that they don't hide away the fact that he is an entirely CG creation, which was very rare at the time. It wasn't I mean even in 2003, they are all skeletons. Did they have Bill Nye in like a mocap suit? Yes, I take it. In a in a in a like huge, uh, like gray skin tight suit with green painting over his eyes and around his mouth, and a lot of like individual dots on his face to capture every um, like you know oh, facial expression. Yeah, it, it looks hilarious. How does this compare to the CG in X Men: The Last Stand? Significantly better, I would say. Okay. I think it's better than the Marvel stuff that it's comes be- out it's now. Be- it's better than how Iron Man looked in Infinity War. Yes. That's that's not that's, I'm sorry, that's not a hot take. It's it, in my opinion is the best oh gosh, visual effects so I've ever good. seen in my life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk- I think all the 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 monster designs from Davy Jones crew are phenomenal. I agree, and I've got I've got a little story about that, if I may. Uh, all the crew are computer generated, with the exception of Stellan Skarsgård, who played Bootstrap Bill Turner. Initially, his prosthetics Bootstrap. would be augmented with CGI, but that was actually abandoned because they thought it. It did not look right. So Skarsgård spent four hours in the makeup chair each day. And the Kraken was also difficult to animate because it had no real-life reference until the animation director, Hal Hickel, instructed the crew to watch King Kong vs. Godzilla, which featured a live octopus crawling over miniatures. And then a later scene that we can talk about, on the set, two pipes filled with 30,000 pounds of cement were used to crush and split the Edinburgh Trader, completing the illusion of those miniature masks and falling stuntmen onto a blue screen but that was using practical effects, which is why it looks so good. But yeah, the CG is just otherworldly. I mean, it's it's not... I don't think there's a movie that compares to it. People talk about Avatar. And sure, Avatar, in terms of creating an entirely CG environment, gets the win. But right now, I think... I get, You probably say Andy Serkis is Caesar for you. True. That 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 is a fair comparison. Uh, if there is anybody, it, but even or that, Andy Serkis is Gollum. I feel I feel like that with with both of those, they're more humanoid, so it's honestly easier. Because Gollum is a is humanoid, it's I say a shriveled quotes. person. Yeah, it's a person. And as is Caesar is humanoid. With this, it's he, all of his tentacles are moving. There's not a point where they're still. By the way, they're always moving. Like each one oh, of them is, so has its awesome. own brain. It's uh, just insane. And I mean, again, Bill Nye is just ridiculous in this in this role. 
the I mean, how do you top Jeffrey Rush? He does it in five he does, seconds. No, he does, he, to, he, does, he tops. Exactly, it. but I mean, that's the question. You and know, then he teleports over to Jack while he's looking through the 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 telescope. Yep. Oh my god. And not to mention, I mean, the details there when he lights the pipe, he smokes the pipe, and then blowing the air out of the side also puts out the match. Details, guys. Details. Mm. The devil's in the details. Mm. Um. Yeah, this is just absolutely insane, and I think it really is what sets this movie apart. Not to mention the expansion of a lot of the lore and history is the fact that there's a lot more given about Jack's background. We learn that his compass is not just what can find the Isla de Muerta, but also whatever he wants. Whatever he wants, and then he got it from Tia Dalma, which again, Naomi Harris is amazing in this movie. She's only in it for two scenes that she steals the show every time she's on screen. She really looks unrecognizable, and I think she's great. We also do see for a brief moment that she and Davy Jones have the same necklace, Davis. Whoa. And has uh, the we'll, we'll figure out what that means. Oh, Which, Naomi Harris Naomi Harris is in uh Moonlight. That's where I know her from. Really? Yeah, she's the mom in Moonlight. She's in I can't remember what else she's in that I that I'm I trying think, to think of right now. I think she is. Yeah. Also, awesome. um yeah, it's just it just really is insane. I I can't I can't get over this movie and just how how good it looks for two thousand six. Like that's just So I was telling Alex before the show, when I like when I like, I used to watch. I didn't watch the third one as a kid for whatever reason. I, I guess did. my parents never like, never got it because I had them on DVD. Used to watch them all the time, and I I went as a pirate six times, six years in a row for Halloween. That's creative. Maybe like four. That's but, creative. Uh, when I thought of like, Pirates of the Caribbean, most of the scenes I thought of were from this one. And and that's yeah, I think I think that's certainly fair because I think this one is. Not your standard action adventure film, and not to mention it feels very different than the first one. I think I don't know in what specific ways, but I, they changed the color palette to make it a lot darker. I think specifically with the open, I think it's everything. It feels like a bit more saturated, but also like overall, it's, it's not as bright. If that makes any sense, um, I think I think that's a very good point. And again, the reason I want to see it is because you know I mean I I was obsessed with just like all of the action set pieces and how great all the CG. Because I mean nobody had ever seen anything really like it. Like the Kraken and all that designed character, but yeah, I think it really is definitely the more iconic. Not okay, not iconic because the first one is it, but it, like everything is really memorable in its own way. Though I will say one one issue I have is that it does take a while to get going. Specifically, the fact that we don't meet Davy Jones until an hour into the film, but once he's in, the movie really picks up. But it's a lot of exposition, which I think that's part of the problem of it being a three-movie story in two movies. You know what I mean? Because I don't think they wanted to do three more. They wanted to cap it at a trilogy. And I think they then tried to force... Does this one start at the prison? Yes. Where Jack escapes. Yeah, what's the deal with that? That's a pretty grisly start. Yeah. Not to mention there's a crow that eats a guy's eye and I you see that. it. Terrifying you know stuff. You remember the part where uh, Orlando Bloom, Will Turner goes to the ship where Davy Jones first appears and the guy like falls off the eagle's nest and he has like no face? Yep. He's terrified me as a kid. So, yeah, terrified me. So that that's um one of my favorite things about that is we hear all the myths of the Kraken, all the myths of Davy Jones. Oh, he got his face suctioned there, off. Every, like the first thing he hears is foul breath, and the second is the face suctioned off. Exactly what Gibbs just said mm. mere minutes ago, actually. Some claim to have seen it. And that Gibbs scene when he talks about the Kraken is my one of my favorite because underneath it is the Kraken theme that Hans Zimmer I so brilliantly Gibbs is probably put probably like one of the most underrated characters absolutely. in the whole trilogy. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I would completely agree with that. I think just overall I think he really is kind of one of the funnier characters and also has a lot of really good moments. Kevin McNally really did a great what job in, in a smaller in? role. Very he funny. was he was in uh a show that I'm thinking of is he was in Designated Survivor 
at the start of that okay. show, actually. That that was one of the ones that I was like, oh my gosh, it's that guy. Fortunately, he put a bad guy in that movie. It's Gibbs. Um, yes, indeed. Indeed. I also really like the opening with Beckett riding in on the horse and like the wedding. I think it's a bit cheesy and over the top, but I think it does a great job to reestablish the Royal Navy as actual villains. Because would you agree with me if I said that the Royal Navy in the first film was kind of cartoonish? Bit toothless. Exactly. Well, like they kind of they revamped them. They're the, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're the East India Trading Company now. They and they're have, a lot they more have, threatening. They get they a lot have more new, sh- new costumes. Exactly. And they have a lot more shots. I like that their make costumes the, in the second one better. That make them look more terrifying. Like again, all the opening shots of Beckett running around with them, they look like actual antagonists rather than just, you know, I mean, they they are literally like Jack's second concern in the first movie. He's not worried about what the Royal Navy is going to do to them. Mm-hmm. And then this one, they they have some bite to them, which I I think that's I think that's a perfect thing. It's not. Because it's not like the first film is bad because of that, but I think it's a great adjustment that they made. Because why not give you two villains? Again, you got basically three movies worth of content to go through right now, so you might as well go with two. I thought that was great, and the Liar's Dice scene. I just got it. I, I got it written down, Davis. I mean, what a game. Butra Bill, you're a liar, and you'll spend eternity on this ship. Exactly. And also, have you ever seen, have you seen the extended yes, version we, of that we, scene? Yes, right. we were watching the video about it yesterday. Where the extended version, the re, the ex, I wish they'd kept the full version in because it adds a lot more because Will beats him the first time. It also gives the audience a chance to figure out what the game is. Because as a kid, I had no concept of it. I was like, Liars, did you buy the Liars Dice? No, I didn't. It was $25. So I'm, I'm a little cheap, man. I'm a little $25. Cheap. Sorry, sorry, I'm we sorry. can play Liars Dice. We, we, maybe we'll have to do that. I can someday. get the key to the chest to your heart. Oh, what the? My heart. I don't know about that one. Now. Who's Davy Jones? You're, I think you're Davy Jones. No, you, you got the voice down, Davis. <laughs> Better do than I do. Feel death. Better than I do. But yeah, that first scene, the deleted scene, it's Will. He wagers his dad's, his father's, uh, excuse me, freedom, and he gets it. And then he wants to play again to try and get the key. And that's when Bootstrap Bill steps in, which is what adds so much more stakes to him stepping in rather than just stepping in in general. And the game is awesome. I think it really is great. And the fact that there's all the crew around them and they're still, you know, they could have. Well, that's one thing that I like about it is they could have done it in an empty room where you don't have to CGI all these characters, but they did. And it probably took them, I don't know, how much more time. I like when he challenges Davy Jones and a hush follows, yep. falls over the room and then the, the ship starts creaking and all the muscles open up and yeah. then he comes down the stairs. I accept. And I like, I like the fact that the organs stop because you think the organ is just music overlaid by Hans Zimmer, but playing. it's implying that him playing the whole time. That Yeah, it just cuts. I think the organ's a really good thing for him. It's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Zimmer uses organs just about every movie that he does, so it checks out. I mean, Interstellar, we know we know all about that. This is um, no time for caution. It, it really is. But, yeah, I think the Liar's Die scene is just really, really good. And is this that's your favorite scene of the movie? No, not even close, honestly. Not even close. I, I, I love that scene. Okay, one thing, though, I will say. The only issue that I have, other issues I have with this movie, there's only two more. It's the fact that I don't really know... Why, like, it kind of bites them in the butt that they said, Wow, Will, you're the spitting image of old Bootstrap himself, and he and Stellan Skarsgård look nothing alike. Maybe, maybe, maybe Bootstrap used to have like a goatee. Evidently, because like they say that even at one point, they say he's come back to haunt us, it's Bootstrap Bill. Not even, not even close. Like, it's fine because Stellan Skarsgård's great. I, of course, would rather cast the good actor than cast someone who just looks like Orlando Bloom, because then, you know, who you getting? Patrick but, Swayze. Ah, doesn't even Matt like Damon? Matt Damon? Ah, not a terrible choice. Did you know that Ricky Gervais was offered the role of Lord Beckett? I can't imagine how, that. How silly would that have been? I can't <laughs> imagine silly. that because Beckett is like 
awful. He's a cool cucumber. And and I, I will say I think I think Hollander, Hollander does exactly the right job because it, it confronts the same issue of how do you make pirates the good guys? Well, make a reprehensible uh, guy for hey, England, and that's just, who he is. It's just good business. He's not. He's not bad. Uh, I don't know about that one. Just the, the, the governor business. says himself, and he he, ma- he makes this comment, which I noticed only on watching it again. That as much as we know Beckett wants Jack, he has not promised anything to Will and Elizabeth. So the idea that that the governor believes that Beckett will just get the compass and then kill them both either way. So I don't know if he's such a good guy. I'm just saying about that. One I right think now. he would have. I, I absolutely think he would have as well. And, yeah, Naomi Harris, again, ST Adama, the CGI, everything. The final Kraken fight at the end is just absurd. And, first of all, the introduction when it shows up on the merchant ship and it just yanks the captain off. I mean, and it's, just, organ it's terrifying. Playing. Yep. Oh, that's a, I it's wrote that terrifying. down. I put two thumbs Look, up man, two this thumbs song, up emojis. This song is great. There's a reason the Auburn marching band plays it at football games. It's not because it's a bad song. Which one is it? They they, they play the cra- the Kraken theme at football right. games. It's a dun 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 Okay, you know what I'm talking about. I did not know work. that was the Kraken theme. Hey, man. Yep. Exactly. Wow. That's very cool. Hey, man. Dr. Sperlin knows what's up. You know, he, you know, he knows that song is banging. We I, all know yeah, this. Yeah, you go left to right. Exactly. Exactly. Bum, 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 and I mean, bum, bum, I mean, in the movie, it's about the most terrifying song on the planet. So it totally works. It makes sense. Yeah, but um, with that, when that just starts playing, it's just awesome. And then, of course, when the two giant ones just come up, and that's one thing. I'm surprised it didn't win for sound design because, like, the noise that they make of the because, like, it makes it like a huge building essentially, and it is because then it whacks the whole ship and the organ blares when it splits it in half. That scene might be my favorite in the whole movie. And that's the one thing is the crazy thing is that six year old. I thought these scenes were great. They're terrifying. At one point, Gibbs is holding a guy in the final fight, and then when he gets pulled away, the guy yells, "Shoot me!" And then two seconds later, we see Gibbs just shooting off into the distance. My goodness. I don't think he was just shooting the tentacle. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it right now. Um, I think I'd, I'd probably say the same thing. Honestly? Getting digested getting, by the Kraken. getting eaten. I'm, I'm not trying to get sucked down and also drown while simultaneously getting chewed on. Mm. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. But let's talk about what is probably the biggest issue with this movie and really what brings it down I'd in my opinion. I'd say the next two movies. True. It, it is. Is what was what has been called the Jack Sparrow syndrome. I don't know who coined that. I oh, saw. Oh, I wasn't a video. even talking about that. I was just talking about how the plot starts to get a oh. little confusing. Oh, I, but I don't Jack Sparrow. Plot, I, I'd say the next four movies in. True, Jack Sparrow absolutely. Started and this, going crazy. I don't know who coined this term. I saw it in a in a video by YouTuber Friendly Space Ninja talking about these movies. It's it, it's it's a fair criticism. The idea is that in the original film, the story, as we said, is not about Jack, but Will and Elizabeth with Jack as a character who is there. He has an important plot with Barbosa and the one shot and all that stuff. We know that. But in this film, it is more balanced with Jack being more of main character number three rather than side character number one. And additionally, I think they just took some of the things people loved about Jack and amplified it to a ridiculous level. One line I mentioned um, from last the last movie is about being dishonest, and the first film was excellent and very funny. There's about 10 or 12 versions of that line in this movie that are just more confusing and convoluted. I think that's one of the issues is that they made it, him a lot funnier and a lot dumber at the expense of his intelligence. What do you guys think of that? I don't in these two movies. I don't know. I don't. I don't mind him being like the main character because Jack was my favorite as a kid, and I think I think he works well. But I could see how he's not as witty. Like he's not as secretly smart as the first one. Exactly. He doesn't come off as clever as much as he comes off as dumb. Because there are clever things like he pretends to know nothing about the chest. He went looking for the key long before Bootstrap Bill ran into the boat. I got a Exactly. Like like. Pfft. That scene is a whole. That was kind of smart. He puts the put the heart in the. I like how um, 
afraid he is of the uh, of the ocean because he has the black spot. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, like, that, I think that whole side plot of uh, he's, he's not he's not gonna tell anybody that he has the black spot, but he's he's so not subtly hinting that he's afraid of the open ocean that people start to worry to about the shallows. Yes. Yeah. Again, I I don't have a problem with him being the main character. I think, but at making him the main character, they also thought. Okay, we've got to amplify these things and give him more to do, and then it, I think it kind of lessened some of what made him special. And this is a very nitpicky thing because it doesn't ruin the movie, but that's because I think he was a near perfect character in the first film. I don't think there was a, a thing wrong. From what I hear, it's really bad in the fourth and fifth one. The fifth one is laughable. It it is it is one of the most disappointing and depressing things that I honestly have seen. Is that the one like, with Blackbeard? No, that's the one. It's not. It's with uh, Brent, Brendan Thwaites and uh, Javier Bardem. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jack. Which one's um, Blackbeard in? The fourth the one? The fourth one. The fourth one, the it kind of... youth. It kind of toes the line, but the fifth one is completely off the rails. A, are they making a sixth one? With, with, without him, unfortunately, <gasps> due to a lot of controversy involving Am- Amber Heard, I won't comment on I any thought- of that because I don't know the truth, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, what, like, so do you guys... Did you guys notice that at all in watching these movies? Did you notice that it felt very um, off and nah, different? I did. I really did. Really? I, re- I mean, yeah. like, I knew that was a thing. That he gets like turned up to eleven of all the things that, like they they flanderize him, flanderization. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that concept, Davis. Uh, but I, I, the first three movies I think are darn near perfect trilogy. I think it so becomes it doesn't really bother me. I think it becomes more. I think everyone's plot gets turned up because the yeah. series becomes more plot driven in the second and third. True. movies. True. That that's a fair point. That's a fair point. So, Davis, so like you- the rising the rising tide lifts all the boats, if you will. That's a good That's point. True. That that is that is a good and point. And the black pearl off the beach. Ah, there you go. Apparently, very powerful rising tide. Um, and Davis, you mentioned your issue about the plots. Why don't you talk about that exactly? What? Uh, it's just that like they're trying to do so much that I feel like it gets confusing. I if, I have a hard time figuring out what happened in the second and third movies. Really? I yeah. think I have a good handle on it, like, but I I've, feel like if you're not zoned in the whole time, you're not gonna you're, you're gonna get lost somewhere. If I, I'm having to recount the plot, I'll probably I I, I really can't distinguish. Like, I, I know, I know it, uh, this movie ends with Jack getting eaten by the kraken. Yeah, and, and kid me, he never knew that he got out of the kraken. So oh yeah, that that's a good point. I just thought he died. I will say I do like the line when he says "not so bad," commenting on the on the kraken's breath because everybody had talked about it the whole movie. But what it's so like what what exactly? Is I don't know. I guess I, I have more, a, well, think, I feel like it's more in the third one because I, I feel like I have a, I have a genuine grasp on. They most just all start of this. betraying each other. Well, I guess we'll get to that. We will get to that in the next we, we one. Will get, we will get. Yeah, to that. I think it, it's the, it's just the side effect of you have three or four, maybe even by the by the third movie, six different contingent parties, all with different motivations, all with maybe three different MacGuffins, kind of all coexisting in the same uh, plot, which I think. It's it's very it's expert that they were able to weave that together so effectively, but at the same time, it is a bit it is a bit confusing to to wrap your. I mean, I think this in a perfect world, the black curse of the black pearl is a standalone, and we got a pirates trilogy to follow up where they could space this out a little more because it's very clear where where this where the trilogy that this these two movies have their kind of all is lost moment. In a weird spot because you're putting a, a three movies worth of story into two films, and it very well might be four movies, honestly, because there's a lot. Uh, to, it feels to, like it could be break like a, up in yes, these movies. As, as we all, the the third movie must be broken into two movies. Indeed, yes. you follow the the 
the Harry Potter and Hobbit Indeed. That, formula. That is always the rule, isn't it? Um, and for this one, I don't know. I feel like I understood most everything that was going on, except... I feel like this one is Jack too. and Elizabeth's back and forth doesn't yeah. really make any sense Where, And to how me. they know where the chest was. Well, because they the compass was working. We forgot. Forgot about the Cause, compass. Because he... Yeah, cause yeah, 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 yeah. Elizabeth knows yeah, what she sits she on wants, yeah, yeah, but yep, he... Yep. D- I, I don't know why Jack doesn't know. I think it's because he's so overcome with fear he can't focus. And she is focused because she's like, she's, she didn't face the crack and I know what. And I know Tia Doma brought Barbosa back. Yes. But why and how? Okay, so. I'm fine. Um, he wasn't not. actually in the Davy Jones locker. I know that. So, I mean, it's just because she's a voodoo. Like, I'm voodoo fine priestess. with it not being explained. Okay. Like, I think he does I mean, kind of explain that. I mean, why, 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 is, why is Davy Jones technically, well, apparently he doesn't do his duty, so he turns into a fish. I mean, that's the very loosely explained thing. We accept it because they threw over one line. I and, mean, Tia Dama's, she, she gave him a compass that points anywhere you want. And also, Tia, uh, Tia Dama is so heavily entwined with Barbosa because she's the only way that she can get released is having the yeah. pirates reconvene. Exactly. So she has a vested interest in it. Exactly. So, okay. That's and, that's the answer I was looking for. Exactly. And I will say, I hate to dispel this uh, this story, but there was a rumor going around uh, on this movie that the cast and crew did not know that Jeffrey Rush was returning as Barbosa. They thought it was going to be some random new character. And they showed up and they were like, oh! but that's apparently not true, which is very unfortunate. Uh, why, actually, why is there a whole bushel of apples being apples. delivered to the set today? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Why was that's the monkey point. still undead? Um, Because at the end of the first film, he picks up one of the coins <gasps> and takes it. Oh! You got you to gotta watch those post-credit scenes, Davis. I've seen them all, maybe three or four times each. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that... I will say, being in the, I, I remember being in the theater. This movie got, like, there was so much hype around the next one because, you know, what the heck's happened to Jack? They just lost, and then Barbosa just shows up, and the music starts to blast. And I remember clapping in the theater a few times. I'm not going to lie. Six-year-old me was having a good time. Actually, I was five, but... Five-year-old you that saw it six times. Hey, man. Twist and turns. Look, it was a good time. And, I mean, honestly, I was just so... Like, I just went to see just to see the scenes with the crack, and I was so, like, obsessed with how brilliantly directed all the action scenes are. I really think that's the strength of these movies is that the action scenes don't feel like, you know, boring. They don't feel too long, in my opinion. Not a single one of them. Except, I will say, the, uh, what is it called? The thing the that they wheel, roll on. The, the water wheel. The, yes. the Isla Cruces scene. Yes, I feel like that drags on a bit and is a bit over the top. For example, like, why would why would they just keep fighting all the way, like, up the island? Just, why wouldn't you stay near the chest? It seemed like that'd be my priority. But I guess why, Jack's trying to Why do people swing in on chandeliers instead of taking the door, Alex? They're, they're swashbucklers. That's a good point. That's a good point. That, that's a fair That's a It fair looks point, awesome. It's all justification for them being it's part about of optics. I had the toy. And the scene is really great, especially when the camera rotates with it. That's, yes. that, that, that's just... Again, these movies are very well directed. Gore very Vinsky, original. I think, did a, did a great job. They're all, they all look very good. They're I feel not like basic. this set the scene for a lot of... Action tropes, absolutely, especially in terms of just like you know, new age action. Exactly, I think I think that's a very good point, especially with the big set piece fight scene break, another set piece fight scene break, climactic fight scene. So awesome! Movie. It, I think it follows that perfectly, but it's just overall, I mean, what a movie! I really like it. I my biggest issues are again with Jack and with whatever's going on with Jack and Elizabeth because they kind of flirt back and forth and it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but what it's worth, Elizabeth uh, handcuffs him and all he says is pirate. Which proves my point for the next movie, Davis. But we'll get there nope. in just a second. Do you want to do you want to move on to At World's Energy? We want yeah, to talk let's about. Go ahead and, I don't have anything else. Anything to say else about to say? Jack? Chest, at, Jack at podcast and let's 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 make our journey. Jack the monkey. Anything over. to say about Dead Man's Chest? What? Nothing. Nothing at all. Apparently. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the to the thrilling conclusion. All right. This is it. It's 
the final film in the original trilogy. It was filmed back to back with Dead Man's Chest. This Whoa. is Pirates of the Caribbean at like Lord of the End. Rings. I like, always called it Pirates of the Caribbean three, just to differentiate. But yeah, they never actually were given any numbers. All the same characters that I've already mentioned before. The only big addition is Chao Yun Fat as Sai as Sao Fang, the pirate lord of the South China Sea and ruler of Singapore. And Sao Fang actually means howling wind in Chinese. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I don't know if that how much that relates to his actual like name or how intentional that was. Sao Fang. That's another Chinese word I know now. There you go, Davis. There you go. And um Chow also relished playing the role, even helping out crew members with props. He really apparently had a great time on set and working awesome. on the films. That's that's pretty exciting. And also, of course, we've actually we've got two people. David Schofield as Mr. Mercer gets a larger role. He kind of showed up a few times, but now he's like the essentially spy and right-hand man of Lord Beckett, I would say. Okay. And then Keith Richards as Captain Teague, the pirate lord of Madagascar. And Jack Sparrow's dad. And Jack Sparrow's dad, which he was originally supposed to be in the second film, but they could not fit him in. And then Richards actually got injured away from the film, and they were worried about not being able to fit him into this movie. But they did, which is why he's always sitting down, except for that one moment where he walks over, and then he's holding on to his, because I think he hurt his leg, actually. And yeah, he, he got, yeah, he got injured on the uh, Rolling Stones tour, and then they finally fitted in. Yeah, then you've also got Angus Barnett and Giles New back again as Mulroy and Murtaugh, as Jack said. R- directed by Gore Verbinski once again, written by Ted Elliott and Terry Razio, and the score once again from Hans Zimmer. He composed this score uh, at the same time that he wrote the music for the Simpsons movie. Spider-Pig? Indeed, Spider-Pig. And then Gore Verbinski helped with the score, playing the Ennio Morricone Influenced guitar music in the parlay scene between Barbosa, Sparrow, Elizabeth, Will, and Davy Jones and Cutler Beckett. So that's pretty cool. That is the scene in the movie where I feel like it gets goes no! off the rails. All right, we'll it's get a cool scene. I'm not saying I, I really do love this movie as well, but I think the plot issues really shine through in this one. We will get to it on that one. Then it was released in May 25th, 2007. It is the longest at two hours and 47 minutes. Yes, I personally think it should have been two hours and 50 minutes, but I'll talk about that scene that I'm talking about a little later. Um, it made over $960 million on a budget of $300 million, the most expensive film ever made at the time. But it was the final film in the film series directed by Gore Verbinski, and it was the highest-grossing film of 2007. Also nominated for two more Oscars, Best Makeup and Best Visual Effects. I don't know why it didn't win Visual Effects again. I feel like they can't give it to it again. You can, because it, it lost to the Golden Compass. So Oscar as far as I'm logic. concerned, it should have won twice in a row. Is that, the, is that the bear movie? Yes, the one with the, with the polar bears. Yeah, it is. Looks pretty good. It did. Not better than Davy Jones or the Maelstrom. Are you talking about Norm of the North? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Norm of the Norm North, of the Jack. North. Yeah. not talking about Norm of the North. So this movie... When did that Norm of the South. They're making Norm a of, sequel. Norm of the Never. That's when that episode They're making is a sequel. Out. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm not going to watch it anyway. Well, working on this. <laughs> Go ahead. So this movie is... It's the final one. It is... I think this movie gets that big movie feel as good as any movie there is, really, in terms of, all right, guys, this is it. This is the moment. The only comparable thing I feel like is Endgame and Infinity War really match that? But this movie, coming off just two previous There's movies, three Norm of the North movies. Oh gosh, how have they been pumping these things out under the under the under the radar? Under the radar. This go, movie, uh, it really, I, the going along with the big, uh, the big third movie finale, it really, it ups like the grizzle factor. Like it's very monotone, and like the poster is is gray now. Yep, the logo is darker. You have a lot less color in the movie. The opening scene is very dark. The dead man's chest scene is very bright. You just, it's like it's it's we went we went neo for the for the final for the final film. 
and the the end of the movie is very dark as well. Absolutely, and I think it does that to kind of show that you know everything's sort of closing on them because it's hinted at in Dead Man's Chest about uh, the world is shrinking and the blank edges of the map are being filled in, and this is talked about by Jack and all of them again in this movie where they're kind of worried that. You know, they're all running out of time, and these pirates are just trying to figure out a way to survive, which is, in many cases, the East India Trading Company, which that opening scene is just iconic. It also does a great job of illustrating, hey, guys, the East India Trading Company is kind of destroying everybody right now. Like the pirates have to whacked. work together. they got to put aside their differences. Exactly. That's which, not our man. That's well, not our man either. Uh, well, whose man is it? Well, evidently, it was the East India Trading Company's man, unfortunately, and that led to them invading, and also one of my favorite scenes where uh, Gibbs and the crew who have snuck in, which also my f- one of the funniest parts is they all sneak in with like coconuts as helmets, but then Pentel just swims in without a helmet because he's also bald. So it's like... Pretty funny. He looks he looks like a coconut. I'm just saying... Is he, Good Dan, visual gag. You know what, you know what, you know what guys? What that from? Props. That's from like the very beginning. Props to Gore. When they're going in to see Yeah, when they're, and when, the, when, they're, when they're swimming in to... Swimming in, excuse me, to... Uh, like Gibbs and all of them are going underneath, and they're all swimming with coconuts in their head to look okay. like coconuts. And then Pendle's just his head. That's funny. Yeah, I think. Pretty funny. What can I say? Um, yeah, I just thought overall, I think it was just about a perfect start to the movie with a huge action set piece in Singapore, which is awesome. I think, especially how practical everything is. Like it looks like they actually just blew up part of the set with that huge firework explosion. And then of course, we get the monkey, and also more Barbosa because I think I think they knew exactly what they were wanting coming out of the. Second movie, which is just put Jeffrey Rush on screen as much as possible. He's awesome. He Jeffrey is. Rush is awesome. Jeffrey Rush is great. We love Jeffrey Rush. Um, for too long, I've been. I'm not gonna do it. Don't don't do that. Dan. You're don't off the that. map. Here there'll be monsters. <laughs> Good heavens, y'all. I mean, these are some of the most quotable movies ever, especially most of the lines from the cartoonish villains that they are. Oh, you thinking of speaking of Barbosa quotes? Remember when? Uh, when Jack shoots him, and the way he says, waste your shot. Yes, so I do. funny. I do. Ten years you've been holding that pistol, <laughs> and you waste your shot. He didn't waste it. Oh, my gosh. Crazy end awesome. of the movie. Crazy he end of the cold. movie. He did feel I cold. I feel cold. You guys rushed me to end Curse the Black Pearl just to go back and re-quote the scene I talked Jeffrey about. Rush. Hey, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. He's pretty great. Um, Here they be. <laughs> You know what, Davis? Why don't we just talk about it directly? What's the issues with the plot? Tell me about it. Okay, so uh, my biggest issue is, I mean, like, you can say they're pirates, but I need a better reason for why they're just all turning code on each other. Okay, do you... Wait, okay, all right. For the, I, I kind of explain it. I understand it better now, because this time I actually paid attention to the whole movie. But even then, I feel like it's not entirely justified, and it can be confusing to someone that is not... So ask then, what's the question? Why? Why are they all betraying each other? Yes. Well, because they're they're. Do not. Don't you dare say what I think you're about to say. I'm not going to say that. Their world is ending. Like they 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 quite they quite literally are like they have no choice. No, no, that wasn't intentional. Actually, um, like roll credits. They quite literally are being closed in upon by the armada of the East India Trading Company, and they don't really have anywhere to go. It is. And they are not traditionally people that band together anyway. Mind you, they deceive each other in every single movie. Jack t- cheats many times and says, pirate. He deceives Norrington and then also deceives Will and lies to pretty much everybody. In the second movie, they do the exact same thing. This is not an unprecedented thing. Not to mention, Davis, if I may be so bold. Oh, you may. You cannot say, 
saying they're they are pirates. That is their character. So it is within their character, not because they are pirates, but because of how they act throughout the movies is consistent with them betraying each other. Each and every one of this them. This is such a better explanation than the game last time. You're yeah. just like, oh, because they're pirates. But bad, I mean, bad was a bad they, reason. They legit like betray each other the whole time. Will and Jack both use each other the whole first movie. They're both in it for something else. Mm-hmm. They're all means to an end. Like that let's tracks. let let's not let's not. Pretend what is Elizabeth's goal in in this movie? Yeah, why why is she why is she spurning? That's not the right word. Why is she uh, turning her cheek to Will? Her love. What do you mean? As oh, as because she's racked with guilt. She can't really face him because mm. she killed a man. Because I mean, okay, she killed a bunch of you know like faceless villains, but like she actually killed someone that she was close with. Like, let's be clear, she idolized Jack. Because I mean, Jack was kind of like her hero and everything like that. I mean, she was a young character in the first film, and she also was very fascinated with pirates and everything. And Jack, you know, was like a hero, quote-unquote. He also was, she got so mad when he didn't live up to the myth, and then he does in that movie. So the fact that she does that is destroying her on the inside. I wish it was expanded upon more, but again, mm. the movie's already three hours. So you don't have time for that, right? So that's her goal. And then the second she finds out her father died, she's just in it to destroy That was destroy a great scene, them. by the way. I mean, Kira Knightley is awesome. She doesn't get enough, she doesn't get enough opportunity to show it in this movie, in these movies, because there's so much going on, specifically in the in the last two, but there's a couple scenes in particular, like specifically she when kisses Will- Rick Grimes in Love Actually. So she how, does. How how cool she, can she? I, be? I don't know, but also when Will dies and she's just like screaming, that that scene is just that's a, that's a tough one, and she does she does it perfectly. But yeah, so I mean, does that make sense? You they, you've 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 straightened out they, all of my qualms. They they are they are all trying to just survive now. Admittedly, the scene when they all try and get the Black Pearl within 30 seconds and their their um, position changes where Will says the Black Pearl is supposed to be mine and then Yao, or Sao Fang also says the Black Pearl is supposed to be mine and then Beckett's like, I also want the Black Pearl. Everyone's like... <coughs> Can it still change the wind? What do you mean? I thought it was the Black Pearl's power could change the wind. No. Yes. In the first one, once the, the balloon hits the water, the wind changes so the Black Pearl can come and get it. That is the Black Pearl's power. That's why What's, Jack was wants that, it. Is that the gold's power? That was the gold's power. That 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 was the power of the of the cursed gold. That doesn't make sense. What? Because the, why is the, that the gold's power? The Black power? Pearl is not cursed. However, the Black Pearl is a mythical ship because Davy Jones pulled it out of the water for Jack. Which there's some lore okay. there. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I thought the Black Pearl's whole thing is that it could change the wind. No. So the 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 whole the whole thing is that it is um just the fastest ship there is. Oh. It is it is um because. How it goes is the only ship it is not faster than is the Flying Dutchman, but against the wind, the Flying Dutchman defeats people, but with the wind, the Black Pearl is the fastest ship. That is that is what that is what makes it so dangerous. Why do you think the Flying Dutchman has sails, Alex? What do you mean? It doesn't really need them. How so? Because it it locomotes without them plenty of times during the movie. He's like when it underwater. goes underwater. Oh well. Can it just use its ghost propulsion <laughs> above the water? It's got jets. You know what, Jack? These, I was not—I was not prepared for this question. Oh, you stumped them. I, I, we'd be here for hours if I—if I presented all my questions. That's oh, yeah, keep, keep asking them, Jack. Go ahead. Uh, that, that's really, hey, let's hear another one. It's not me. worth getting into. Come on, Jack. Do it. They're gonna be like, I don't, how does Lao Fang's map rotate but also roll up? That's true. I was thinking that. It's not a pop-up book, huh? See, I don't—I don't want to derail the show. With, I mean, they're not important. Like, it's—it's it's whatever. Eat your popcorn. Exactly. Black Pearl, formerly known as the... Am I allowed to say that word? 
Can I see it? On radio? Yeah. The Wicked Winch. winch. The, yeah. There's, there's a winch sale in the ride. <laughs> yeah, that true. is that is what true. it was formerly called. Um, yeah, so it doesn't have that power, I don't think. But does, do, that, does that make it sense, Davis? Or, yes. Jack, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Uh, how do you feel about the Pirate Council? Because, like... What about it? It seems like a little bit, like... We get, to, we get to the end of Harry Potter, and now there's, like, a wizard senate. Like, it feels like you're up in the stakes. I feel like the pirates are pretty realistic in the first two, and now we have a... Like, I... I, council I, of pirates I it's, like, an interesting king. set piece, but it, it seems very uh, tacked on, in a way. I did find it funny that they all vote for themselves. That yeah, was a I, funny, like, the funny... pirate, it's very real. Like, I like the portrayal of it, and I'm, like, a sucker for, like... Uh, a be- like a this is exact setup and the rule book, the funny humor where the guy says <laughs> hang the says rules right and they instantly get shot. Oh, and then they look at the parlay rule. Like it's funny stuff, but I just I find it it's a little corny. I think to to wheel out a pirate. It's well, like they need. Go ahead. Uh-oh. Except the Brethren Court was based on a real world confederation of pirates known as the Brethren of the Coast. So. It existed, and it is what kind of happened when they had to band together when their way of life was quote-unquote threatened. I do agree, though. It is very much... It's it's like um, how they invented the Clone Wars from one line of dialogue. They invented the Code of Morgan and Bartholomew because they mentioned it one time. I like it. In, hang in hang the, the Code. In the Curse of the Black Pro. Like or like guidelines. <laughs> the natural rules. Yes, indeed. Davis. What was it? It was called like Shipwreck Cove, right? Shipwreck Cove. Okay. I think it would have been cool to be if it was Libertalia. What is that? The exactly? fictional pirate city. In Libertalia, what? it's like, is it from like uh, fictional? From like, where, it, Dave? You can't just. It's not fictional, fictional, but it was Jonathan, like Jonathan, it was like a pirate colony that, said, that was said to existed in like the 17th century. Oh, so like it was in Madaga- Madagascar. Ah, well, that is where that, that is where Captain Teague is from. So I will say, after doing some cursory research while I was watching the movie, I found out that the um, each of the pirates on the the council actually have like an area of jurisdiction yep. that is like defined French. Um, well, no, yeah. Uh, Captain Chevelle is the pirate lord of the Mediterranean Sea, mm. right? And then, the French guy? Yes, yes. And then uh, Captain Jocard, the African guy, is the pirate lord of the Atlantic Ocean, obviously the Indian Ocean guy. But my one problem was this, is that uh, Captain Eduardo Villanueva is the pirate lord of the Adriatic Sea. But, I mean, that guy was clearly from, like, Spain, right? It's the Adriatic Sea over by... It's, like, on the east side of Italy. Hmm. He gets the smallest sea by far. I bet he's making some some mad cash there. The Adriatic Sea is like the size of Lake Michigan. He must well, be make, I'm saying he must be making some Barbosa's serious dough the, if he's okay Barbosa's with that. is the lord of the Caspian Sea, so do with that information what you will. I guess they must have like shot the guy that was the original. Because I guess now Elizabeth Swan what? is Why the, is Barbosa the lord of the Caspian Sea? What's he doing all the way in the Caribbean? Because he shot the guy that probably was the lord of the Caspian Sea, just like oh. how Elizabeth is now lord of the South China Sea. Mm. Is that true, Alex? Why do you think Elizabeth put on the Chinese clothes? I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like yeah. a, in a Empire Strikes Back when it's like when in, uh, Lando puts on Han's clothes. That's true. It's like in Spider Man where Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane has to where she it's wears like the Spider Man when wait, J. Jonah wait, Jameson puts about? on the Spider Man. You said Barbosa. Suit. Yeah, is the wait, you, you guys talking about clothes though? What's the Elizabeth was wearing the Chinese clothes. Well, yeah, because because yeah, um, we know they got she got yeah, dressed in them. We I'm know. just saying. Yeah, we know. So yeah, Barbosa is the Caspian Sea. However, that's based in somewhat reality of the actual pirate Barbarossa, who was from Turkey. <laughs> that's right. That's why got good lore. Operation Barbarossa. And indeed, it was. Um. So there, there's some, there's some. Is lore a barber there. like that was like a, a term for like a fighter or something. I, I don't even know the Davis. Barbary Coast. Yeah, like but you, they were called like mm-hmm. barbers. And then all right. 
The reason the sign's red is because they used to shave you. Yeah, that's different. So a few more things. Follow, follow for more barbed bloodletting. If, if 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 I may, uh, one thing is I want to talk about this deleted scene that I was talking about because I know I've hinted at it. So this is the scene where Jack and Beckett do their negotiating, which kind of confuses me because he just says I have this compass, but Jack had the compass. So I don't know how he got the compass. That kind of confused me. But in the extended scene, I thought he got it from Will. Well, no, that 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 was that's later in the movie. Okay. okay. So in no, in the extended scene, um. J- Jack and Beckett talk about their history because they do have history, by the way. They, there is a reference to them being an they old date. No. Oh. There is a reference to them being be old awesome. friends. So Jack walks in and Beckett says, "We had a deal. You were supposed to deliver cargo and you failed." And then Jack says the line, "People aren't cargo," implying that Beckett hired that's, Jack to. That's why he got the the pee pee on exactly. Him. Beckett hired Jack to bring slaves to him. There was a rumor that is unfortunately not true because I think it'd be great that T. Dalma's uh, like village and all the people there are these slaves that Jack had previously freed, which is why they're holding up candles at the end of Dead Man's Chest. That is not the case. But in response to that deal, Beckett then burned the Black Pearl, which is why it is black, because it was mm. burnt to a crisp and sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And Jones brings it back up and gives it to him for 13 years. So that's the lore. I also think I wish they'd include that line. The movie is two hours and 47 minutes. Who cares if you add 30 seconds? I think it's a great line that is sorely missing in these later movies is him doing things like that seeing that he's not just a jokester, as he sort of becomes. Because we see those lines, or we see more of those lines in the first movie than we do in those, and I really just thought that scene was awesome. And, you know, Johnny Depp's really great. But, also, yeah, that's just, that scene, I wanted to talk about that as one of my favorite deleted scenes. Also, the music, again, oh, absolutely amazing. Yes, this is, I, I saved my music comment for the third one. But ah, I think ahead, Jack. I, think, I, don't li- I don't love superlatives, but I think uh, this is my favorite movie score that I can separate from the movie. Like, I, obviously, I like, I like the Star Wars movie score because of when the events transpire in Star Wars, I'm thinking of the music. But this standalone movie score, I can listen to it independent of the movie, and I think it's fantastic. I think Up is Down is probably one of the most uh, iconic or memorable to me. I find, it, I find myself thinking about that one the most. Um, and then uh, Lift the Colors High, really interesting set piece for the beginning of the film, and then it becomes a recurring theme. But I think uh, knocked out of the park is this uh, this film score for uh, for Hans Zimmer here of this third one, especially the third one. Like obviously he's a pirate, iconic song, but I think the music adds so much. The into the maelstrom type song at the end of the movie is just yes, it adds so much. The sound design is just impeccable, and I think it's just turned up to a. 11 for this final installment. Absolutely, and I'll, I will go a step further and say when they start a blast and hoist the colors after Elizabeth's speech and everybody starts flying the flags, that is like, I got the chill bumps, and I've seen this movie maybe 65 times. There's, 65? I'm, Davis, I'm not even kidding. But I do love Up Is Down, but my personal favorite is the song One Day, which is essentially Will and Elizabeth's theme that they blast a few times when they have their marriage and then later on as well. That's my personal favorite. I also have the Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End soundtrack on CD in my car currently. So, you know. I like I the I like the the music box from the second one. Yes. Which used like a motif. You can buy those on Amazon. I'm very tempted to buy one myself. How much are they? Uh it's I don't actually know. You can go ahead and look, Davis, if you if you like. But Jack, I'm very glad you said that because that's exactly I think I completely agree with you. It is probably my favorite score. One day is really amazing. I don't, I'm sure you've listened to it already, but listen to it again if you can. That's my favorite. And just insane and again the music blasting throughout the maelstrom scene is incredible and can we talk about this maelstrom scene for a second because i think it's it is worth mentioning 
I'm going to say this, and maybe it's a bit ridiculous. You guys can correct me. Is that not the single greatest action scene that has ever been put in a movie? Uh, no comment. That's, I think that's it's, too big I, of a... I think it's a very S-tier setting, is what I'll say. Okay, okay. That's because like, it, it is... Two, I guess it, fighting between two boats that are swirling down in a maelstrom. I mean, hard to top that. And I just, I just, I don't even mean in that. I mean in terms of how they balance so many things also going on within it. Because, you know, that's the whole trick mm-hmm. of the climactic final battle is what they do... Well, like what? The, what are the characters doing? It's not just them firing back and forth at each other for forty minutes. It's you know a lot of things with Jack and with with Barbosa and also with Elizabeth and Will. Like I guess the comparison would I is how they basically handled Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King with the whole Battle of Minas Tirith, also with what's happening in Rohan, also with what's happening with Frodo and Sam. They kind of balance all three of those. That's why I really personally like this one because it balances everything so well, and it's also just insanely hype. Like, I mean, they literally go in a, in a maelstrom and just fire back and forth, as you said, Jack. That's one of my favorite scenes. Davis, any, any comments on that? You said no comment, now you need to make a comment. Uh, no comment. Why not? That's too big of a... That's too big of a... That's too big of a But task come on, I mean, it's... My comment is no comment. Okay, I fair think, enough. Uh, I'll, yeah, my comment is no comment, but I think no time for caution might be a better set piece than that for me. It's I like think four it's, minutes. I, I think it's the best set piece on Earth. Mm. Ah, okay. Mm. And I will say for those, I really like the Kessel Run in Solo. There but you go. That's not on Earth. That's so. fair. That's fair. And I will say for those uh, who have o- owned the special edition of this DVD, there is a a one hour documentary on how they made this entire thing, and it is incredible to watch. Because one thing you may not know is that when you see them firing back and forth in the Maelstrom, the ships are essentially the decks are real. They built the entire deck and just supplanted it with green screen so it looks like it's floating. But, like, they built the entire thing, and all the rain is real. They just poured water on them for, like, a month. Apparently, a bunch of them got sick, but all, like, all, like... You're afraid to get wet. Exactly. And, like, that scene where where they're firing and it goes up above the ship and Will is running underneath it while stuff is getting blown up, that was, like, a practical scene that they filmed. Most of that stuff was practical that they blew up themselves. So, that's... It's a really fascinating example or a, a look at how they made it. And also... You hear Gore Verbinski say this is the end of an era, which makes me sad because unfortunately the era wasn't allowed to die because they came back and made a horrible movie. But I'll get to that in a moment. To be fair, different era. Yeah, because it's bad. I'm New dynasty. I'm not. I'm not a fan. But I'll say I really. I feel like Davy Jones is more of a side character in this. He's less menacing and more cartoonish. I don't know. I mean, if you... he's like one. He's like one of the six. I think a great true. Uh, example of like where the plot is is when they all meet on that little shoal the before eyebrow. the pirate. Ba- yeah, he does do the eyebrow. But I mean, you have like your six contingent parties. You have Will, who's grappling with his Elizabeth versus his dad. You have Davy Jones, who's grappling with his Calypso versus trying to stay alive, basically, or like keep his heart situation. You got Beckett, who's just the big bad, and you have Jack, who's playing everybody. You have Elizabeth, who's trying to get Will back, but also she's had a change of heart about pirates, and she's trying to save the pirates. And then you have Commodore Norrington, who's looking for redemption. So you have just, like, the six contingent parties that is a good distillation of where the plot is when they all meet on that island. And I think that's why that's a super crucial point in the film. I think it just really spells out what's at stake in the final in the final scene. That's and David Jones point. in a little bucket. That, that, that's like that's very funny. <laughs> the bucket, the bucket gag is rather. Do you think comical. he teleported into that, or they like they dragged him from the water? I think he just took really long strides. Oh, I was thinking there's, I, there's a couple buckets behind him. Oh, he, yeah, oh I didn't, I didn't notice I that. Yeah, he could teleport. He can. he can teleport. He's got those powers, guys. He's awesome. I also will say. Oh, the, I did. Uh, I wasn't. Oh, go ahead. When when you saw him with like 
unfishified when it's just Bill Nye. I don't think he looked that cool as a pirate. Well, I mean, he, he's also an old man at this I point. Mean, it, yeah. Yeah. He's been just, the Bill Nye, the Bill Nye pirate didn't look as good. I will say I thought that scene between uh, T. Dalma and him in the cell was really, really good. Very for good a lot scene, of explaining yeah. them. That's one of his better scenes. He doesn't get My as much time. Don't still buy drugs, will kids. always belong to Become you. a rock star and give it to you for free. <laughs> I stop, feel it stop it. My was that a, that a scene? Stop it. Stop it. I feel it. I will say, of, even though I have said, oh, it's not that confusing, there are a lot of parts that do confuse me, including the fact that Calypso seems to want to be released, but also not want to be released, like with her argument with Barbosa about it. It doesn't really seem clear what her motivation is. She turns into crabs. She which does. is kind of absurd to be quite I really honest. like when they go to the whole going to Davy Jones locker, how yes. nobody really knows what's up except for kind of Barbosa and kind of Calypso, but even then they don't really seem. And then in the eye we're good and lost now. That's just it's go it's go to time. Find a place that, that don't want what is what doesn't can't we'd be, be good and lost now. That was excellent, yeah. You've doomed I, us all. Ex- oh my gosh. He, he's just laughing as it falls off. And then of course we get the uh the the audio from the actual ride. Yeah, which that was is just awesome. the cherry on top. Yeah, they shifted I, universes. They did indeed. But overall, I mean, it is long. It is a little bloated, but I love it. I think the action set pieces are amazing. I think Jack's ridiculous escape from uh, More the Endeavor, not not even from David Jones Locker oh, okay. when he when he launches the cannon to launch himself over. I think that's great. Overall, I really like this movie. It's not as good as the first two, in my opinion, but the Maelstrom scene makes up for it all in the end. And I will admit. I'm sorry to say this, guys, but as as a young as a young child, I did not understand that uh, Will and Elizabeth, quote unquote, consummated their marriage at the beach until like maybe two years ago, and I was like, ah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but, he had to stand in a bucket while he did it. <laughs> True. Uh, child me was not was not prepared for that. You think if you got like a ton of bath or seawater in a bathtub, he could just like chill out there? Maybe or fill, or yeah. fill a house maybe. with seawater. Which for what they hadn't invented antibiotics yet, so I don't know if that would <laughs> be particularly safe. Maybe and for he what can't die. For what it's worth, the end of the fifth movie teased Davy Jones returning. So uh oh, strap in everybody. I guess he's I guess. dead. But any final thoughts on these movies before we uh, wrap up the show, guys? Uh, I do got to get to class, so no. That's fair. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Davis. I I had for, I, I had forgotten. Admittedly, I'll um, be able to make it. Do you want to rank them? I guess we're gonna all rank them the same, though. Uh, I rank them in the order one, two, three. Fair enough, Jack. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, one, two, three is good. Um, I mean, yeah, um, I'll, I'll tease our Back to the Future episode by saying this is a, this this trilogy smacks of Back to the Future. It had a great opening line Just that, you wait, that, was not, that was not intended to continue any further, but they picked up the pieces from where they left off with the first one, produced two and three at the exact same time, and it shows for the good and the bad. That's a good point, and the music is spectacular. I love it all, and this is the trivia question. We're doing our first trivia question. We'll give you the answer next week. In what Tom Cruise movie do the cops or do cops arrest people before they even oh, commit a crime? I know it. Don't I know top it. Gun, don't Mission look it up. Impossible, or Minority Report? I, I, don't, I don't think you should give them the options next. Ah, uh, well, I, don't they, look it they, up. They, they were listening. Do not look it up. We'll give the answer for at the beginning of next week's episode. You can tweet at us or comment on our Instagram what you think the answer is. But again, thank you for joining us on this episode of Through the Lens, where we talked about the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, the original trilogy, none of the bad ones that came after it. Jack Hart joined us again. Yeah. Do you know what the first thing I'm going to do after this podcast episode is, what is over? What is the first thing? Eat a whole bushel of apples. Apples! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are ridiculous. But again, thank you all for joining us listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you all next week when we talk about the Jackass films, question mark? Possibly, maybe, sort of. Maybe, we don't know yet. Maybe i got to get to class. I'll I think be, so. All right, I'll be back. leaving. Jack will be back, apparently. Uh, but again, thank you for joining us. You can follow us at Through the Lens Weagle on Instagram and Weagle AU on Instagram as well. Again, thank you for joining us. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye.